and welcome to another episode of Giving a Hoot with Ryan, Camille, and Luke. I do. Oh. I, I, you do? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we've had a, a couple games. Um, I'm back, by oh, the way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've missed a few I, I think, recordings. Did, did you? Because at least I feel at like least we haven't one. recorded since before Greenville. Uh, well, Camille and I did two in a row with Monica, yeah. and then I don't know if I've, I don't know, I've been yeah. this my entire timeline. I just got back from vacation, so my entire timeline is messed up. I went to work well, today and thought it was Monday. So, well, I mean, you were on a beach, so I, I can't really fault you. By was my life? I mean, granted, uh, it was a Virginia beach, not even like a good beach. It was good. Yeah. There's ocean. There's water. I caught little tiny crabs. Uh, that's yeah. Maryland. Maryland's where you get crabs. Yeah, yeah. No, these ones. Yeah, <laughs> I was an hour and a half away from the enemy. Yeah, fair, fair. Um, so we've had, well, I guess, some news. Um, JP made team of the week. Yeah, uh, deservedly. No one made team of the week against Greenville. Also deservedly. Oh yes. Uh, and Union Omaha is no longer in the Open Cup. Uh, also deservedly. Okay, let's let's do a real, real, real quick recap of the Greenville game. We have three. To we do not look good. Uh, there was a big game on the horizon. And the chemistry was not there. Also, the pitch sucked. Like that—that that pitch was the worst I have seen it in three seasons. Um, what whatever is happening there needs to get fixed because somebody's going to get hurt. And uh, if we're worried about spending money on advertising, we're going to not like spending money on uh, player recovery. Yeah, well, especially as, as small as our roster is. Like yeah, we, I, we just, can't afford it. We can't afford it. It just—I mean, I know we've talked about it for two seasons now, but it just keeps showing itself more and more. Um, and you—you you can't, especially if it ends up being a defender. Um, yeah, you know that you're just—we're—we're yeah. we're asking for it at that point. No, I—I—I I, I, I just—we—we we have a game coming up this Friday uh, against Charlotte. I really hope the pitch conditions have improved if they have not i i just i'm starting to fear for player safety and that's not something you know i i've been a big defender of playing on a on a baseball pitch for two and a half seasons but mm -hmm. at this point i can't defend it um and it, it needs to needs to improve yeah i the, the thing I, I worry about with this week is we're progressively getting hotter you know today was really hot the next two days are going to be mid upper 90s and maybe uh, no, a little so rain Friday. Mid eighties. Yeah, with a little bit of rain. So we'll yeah. in the morning. So we'll see. But yeah, it's still like that. I don't know when they're laying the sod, but that heat isn't going to help a lot. Yeah. All right. Um. So yeah, we we lost that. The belt is in South Carolina. I'll be there in July to pick it up. Um, Expanding its carbon footprint. Yep, that carbon footprint, as uh, Kyle Reisman's article did cover. Um. If you go to WGAHmedia.com. Uh, Is that WGAHmedia.com? WGAHmedia.com. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on to Kansas City. All right. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure um, this is the one everybody's hoping we talk about, right? Let, let's put it this way. It was a sellout crowd, technically a sellout crowd at Children's Mercy Park. That's great for the guys to get to play in front of. Um, it'd be great if they'd played, but uh, Rashid made some amazing saves. Uh, yeah. Like, holy shit. Like, yeah, he played uh, out of I, his mind. I, I was shocked by him defying gravity again and again. Um, that was awesome. But six still got by him. Granted, the starting three for Kansas City, if you go on transfer market, 
I believe their valuation is around 15 to 16 million for just those three players alone. Yeah. Um, the overall valuation on transfer market of the entire Union Omaha squad is 2.2 million. Um, and that's transfer market valuations. Uh, wish our guys were getting paid that well. They're not. Uh, Camille's trying to fund a wedding based on player salaries. And let's just say, Gary, if you uh, if you want a wedding gift uh, for Camille, um, pay for it. Yep. Just, <laughs> just saying. Yes. I, I will <laughs> give you my Venmo. <laughs> oh, you don't want that much Ben mode. Um, they monitor yeah. that crap. Um, True. You know, I the thing is, they said on the broadcast, we'd come from behind in the Open Cup against MLS teams and against technically against Des Moines. Um, so when we were down 2-0 at halftime, I, I was nervous just because we weren't playing super well and – uh, possessing the ball for 22% of the time for the second Open Cup game in a row against an MLS opponent was not filling me with confidence. But it was – I did not see us giving up four in the second. Like I, At halftime, I wasn't like, oh, we're going to, you know, give up four more and we're just going to get run out of the park. I thought, okay, maybe they come back, they reset, maybe we get one back. I didn't know – I didn't think we were going to win it at that point because we didn't look that cohesive at that point. But I definitely didn't see. And I think it was just one of those things that uh, once the next one went in, when Shallowy got a second, I think it just kind of all – it was like the floodgates opened. And Kansas City got their swagger back. Um, and and they came they came to play. I mean, that's they, – was, they, was it attitude or skill that let us down in the second half? Both. I think attitude is a big part of it. I think I was I was talking to somebody about how, you know, it's really fun to be the underdogs. You go into playing Chicago Fire and you're like, mm-hmm. ah, let's just like prove ourselves. I mean, like we're just a USL one team. You win, you get that boost of confidence, and then you go into Minnesota and you're like. Well, we did it once, so it's possible, but, you know, we're just going to play again to prove ourselves. It happens a second time. Well, you reach this third MLS team and you're like, okay, like now a lot of eyes are on us. People are expecting things from us. We walk onto the field with fireworks and we lose a goal. What are our fans thinking? Are we letting them down? That's what I think. What I saw when they were losing, immediately, like, disappointed. You know, that attitude. The the crazy part is for the for Shallowy to be the first one to score a goal on you. I mean, out, out of the SKC, I mean, Luke and I both follow SKC pretty closely. Out of their players on the pitch, yeah, and I you can't see him, but I have more on that side too. But out of the players on the pitch that night, like Johnny Russell and Daniel, Daniel Shallowy are probably the two players that played the best for them consistently. Those are those guys are consistently their best players for the last few seasons. And so to have a guy like that score on you is not a big, like he should be scoring on us. <laughs> he, he's how much did you say he's on transfer market, Luke? Uh, I think his current valuation, especially after his hung, uh, call up for the Hungarian national team is like 8.4 million. I mean, you know, that that's, that's high for an MLS guy that, yeah. you know, he's, he's well, coming into he's his also, own. He's also technically a homegrown player for Kansas City. So, like, he's played on that field since he was young. Mm-hmm. He's been, I mean, he's been a name uh, name worth reckoning since their Open Cup run in 18. Yeah, I agree. Like, um, they're, they have guys that have played together longer than our guys have been playing, even with the thought of playing professional. Well, yeah, because Kyrie um, Shelton scored on us. He's been there for a long time. Right? Well, Kyrie Shelton jumped over to the Bundesliga for, well, I guess two Bundesliga for a year, <laughs> came back um, when he wasn't getting any playing time after they got promoted. And like, I mean, I just, you know, I, I think that's the big thing. And maybe it's just proximity. And I know, I don't know how much the guys pay attention to like sporting or anything like that, but. I think they have probably more guys that get name recognition than Minnesota, um, you know, 
Chicago obviously had a few players, but that was so early in the run, they weren't running out their starting lineup against us. Um, and we're and we're sporting. We should have expected that team to come out with guns a blazing, considering where they're sitting on the table right now. Um, and as we talked before we started recording, they turned around and lost to Seattle three 0 you know, in their next match. I mean, Sporting is not playing well in the league, so their chance at a trophy is the U.S. Open Cup. Yeah. So well, like they, they just. Our guys looked flat. Sporting looked motivated. Sporting looked motivated against a third division side. Huh? Uh, I also, as I said, it was sold out crowd. You have over a thousand fans coming down from Omaha. So that that fires up guys who are used to playing in front of a sellout crowd. It's like, huh? hey, we're at home and we've got fans to prove it against. Like as much as our guys were motivated by an away crowd there in what is uh no nominally a hostile uh hostile environment for them yeah i think that fired up skc more than you know if they had eighteen thousand of their own fans and you know 20 union omaha supporters did, did gary say didn't the president or whoever he spoke with from sporting their front office, this is their second largest away group to come in. Yeah. And I think that was, if you counted just in the supporter section, um, the one twenty four, three, two, and one, it mm-hmm. was their second largest after 2013 <laughs> with uh, Salt Lake. Yeah, but, and that was MLS cup final, wasn't it? Yeah, and if you look I mean, around that, if you look around that stadium, though, it was very much not limited, and there's no way you could have tracked tickets for just Union Omaha fans because there were a lot of people with Union Omaha scarves wearing Kansas City gear, and mm-hmm. you no, know, you had all all levels of fans there, not just your your diehards, but you know yeah. some of the ones who've been following SKC and are from Omaha. So, mm-hmm. I I'd say. Uh, not knowing the Salt Lake numbers, I think we were probably the probably at least level with the largest away contingent. Um, and that under that Salt Lake ownership, they were the ones who uh, also flew um, 300 fans to right. what was it Louisville for yeah. for um, Monarchs. Yeah. So like uh, they, they their ownership was uh, was helping their fans travel. Hot, hot take. They supported their men's team, but not their women's team, which is why the Kansas City Current exists now. Not such a hot take. Here, well, that the thing. also wasn't. Uh, yeah. yeah. So stats and these are Google stats, so they may be a little off, but this tells the story of a six 0 win for another team, right? Shots seventeen to five. Shots on target twelve to one. Possession seventy eight to twenty two. Passes. 760 completed to 215 completed. Accuracy 91% for sporting, 73 for us. Fouls were even. The only category one in was yellow cards, one to zero. Right. So, and they had eight corners to R2. I mean, when you're playing an MLS team, you can't lose in every statistical category and expect to beat them. Um, yeah. That, that's. The, that stat, if, if you didn't watch the game, but you read the stats, you would go, yeah, that makes sense. The other team was on the ball the whole time. Well, lo- looking at their lineup, um, they started Shallowy Shelton Russell, as we've talked about, mm-hmm. which amazing. Uh, Felipe Hernandez, Cam Duke, two of their younger guys. Uh, Remy Walter, who's a journeyman at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, then. Ben Sweat, Andrea Fontas, Courtney Ford, and Caden Pierre. Like, yeah. Uh, Caden Pierre is probably the lowest valued player out there, but he's still playing for an MLS side. Yeah. Um, younger. Is, is it Sweat? Uh, wasn't he a youth? Wasn't he an SKC2 guy? Uh, At one time? Sweat. Sweat's uh, 30 years old. Oh, they brought him in. Okay, yeah. They brought him in from 
uh, from he came in from Austin. Yeah, but uh, and he he was with New York uh, NYCFC. Yeah, he's been with the Crew. He's been with the yeah. Apparently played for the Rowdies, um, Miami, okay. Inter Miami. Like he, he's been all over the place. Uh, and then there's Paul's then, Camp who who hasn't. I mean, he's probably. It didn't matter who was a keeper at that point when that game was the way that game was played. No, but I mean, Pulse Camp is a keeper that I I respect more at this point than I do Melia. Um, yeah. I think Pulse Camp is a higher ceiling than Melia ever has. Um, and seeing that, I mean, Camille and I saw um, us against Pulse Camp in preseason, <clears throat> and that was with a very untested squad that we had, and he is good. Like, yeah. what? Well, uh, I'm on, so I'm going to compare this to Manchester United for a second, but it's very much the David De Gea, Dean Henderson thing. Like, you have this guy like Melio who's been there for you for a while, has pulled you through some tough times, and then you have the young guy below him that's probably a better keeper and probably a better fit, but how do you how do you supplant the guy that has been there and won some trophies with you and has, was kind of he, your hand-picked successor? He's the Ethan Horvath at Bruges. Yeah, for real. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, for the most part, the SKC fans were great. Um, you know, the guys got a standing ovation at the end of the game. Um, they looked broken, but as we get to the next game, apparently not that broken. <laughs> uh, so they get what? Uh, bus back the next day, get six hours of rest before flying out uh, to the luxurious spot that is Statesboro, Georgia. Uh, yeah. So that that's a quick turnaround, and I don't think any of us were expecting anything after that week. Um, not our best performance, but it was three points. Is it like, our third road win in a row in league? Uh, I, I'm not looking at. It was Tucson. Tucson right before that was a road win. Yeah. And then, hang on, I'll look. It's almost like home games aren't home advantage anymore. <gasps> wow. Well, as Luke pointed out, that's prior- a hot as Luke pointed out prior to the Greenville game and when I was standing with him on the berm, there were guys on that Greenville squad that have played the same amount or more games on or at Warner Park or like that was the third game for some of our guys at Warner Park and yeah. also the third game for some Greenville guys, including a final for Greenville. Yes, we beat them pretty handedly, but they were there at a more high pressure situation. Those guys were just as at home as we were in that situation. Right. And honestly, um, the home games we've had, we've had two games over a hundred degree heat index. I mean, that doesn't help on a field you're not accustomed to yeah. with poor pitch conditions. As we saw against that Fresno game, uh, when we were breaking it down, that literally guy runs uh, to the crease of the pitch and just trips and falls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we haven't seen the pitch get better from there. So like uh, a crappy pitch isn't even uh, a beneficial thing because we're not practicing on the crappy pitch. So our last three away games were Chattanooga, 1-0, Tucson, 2-1, and then Tormenta, 3-2, even though we scored four of those five goals. Um, so this game was good for me in that it showed the guys who were able to play a congested schedule. Um, you know, we, we started a lot of the same guys who played a very tough game on Wednesday, who'd played most of the game the week before. Mm-hmm. Like, three tough games in seven days. Well, two tough games and then South Georgia. Um, but that being the third of the, the three games, I think, made it tough. Uh, 
players that impressed me, uh, specifically Ryan, um, obviously JP, uh, he had one hell of a game there. Um, Joe had a consistent, uh, very strong game. Dalton always looks good in Georgia. Um, you know, they not well enough to start for them, but no. Never. <laughs> I mean, I think seeing the lineup come out, the first thing I was happy about. So I said to my wife's cousin, uh, when the sporting match started and Amir was starting on the back line, I was like, we might be in trouble here just because I know the speed they have on the outside. Right. And then they made the change and moved Amir up to midfield. And I think Jay saw it too. Um, so seeing Isaac start, I was happy about that. Um, I know Isaac had the own goal late, really late in the match. Uh, but up to that point, I think Isaac had a really good game. It wasn't a, you know, a 10 out of 10 performance or anything, but it was a solid defensive effort. He, he played his game pretty well. Um, I think Kevin didn't... Go ahead. My biggest thing on the, the own goal there, he conceded the foul that then gave them the opportunity for the own goal. And, you know, it, it's tough there, but I, well, I think Jay said it best. We, that should have been a 4-1 game. Yeah. I also... It blows my mind, and it happens at every level. The number of defenders that when they're heading, trying to head clearances, snap their head back towards their own goal versus trying to whip it a different way. Like, I, if if she does there, I think it's a different story than Kevin being there. And that's not to say Kevin had a bad match. I just think that Kevin wasn't expecting Isaac to try and nod it backwards or put to the side. And I think it was just a, the way it glanced off his head. It could have gone a little bit to the left and gone out for a corner, or it when it happened to go into the goal. Well, so. I, I think that boils down to, again, uh, Rashid's more comfortable in that back line. He's more comfortable leading the guys. Uh, he's been doing that most of the games where these guys have been playing at this point. He's done that for three seasons, two seasons before this. Yeah. Um, and so he, I, I feel like he's more comfortable calling it out, where Kevin had some great saves. Kevin had a great game, uh, but no, that that is just one of those things where I think um, if Kevin had had more games under his belt, it would have been more comfortable calling out where everybody needed to be and would have avoided that. Um, <laughs> this is how much people are just used to Shido being back there. My folks watch mostly games on ESPN Plus, and my dad started the game late, and he texted me. He's like, is there something wrong with New Who? And I was like, no, I'm pretty sure they're just rotating Kevin in. Rashid's had a lot of games. They're just trying to get Kevin some playing time, too. And my dad's like, oh, okay, good. But it's just, you know, he's become such a fixture back there that even kind of casual fans like my parents are like, wait a second, what's wrong with the number one keeper? Why isn't he back there? I'm like, he's good. Well, don't he, worry. He, he's one of three players we've kept from year one. Yeah. Uh, you know, and honestly, um, Dalton out there for full 90. Like that, Dalton's good at leading the back line at this point. Um, him and Alex, uh, at center backs that that looks good, that looks solid. Um, every time Ryan's responding well, Isaac's responding well. Like mm -hmm. that, that feels like a cohesive back line there. Um, yeah, the midfield hurt when JP came off. Oh. Yeah, I think it's important for him to be in there. Yeah, and, and I understand why it had to. Like, he had a hell of a game. He's been uh, playing through some some uh, knocks, through some injuries this season. But it, it wasn't even because of his goal scoring uh, as much as I just felt that without JP on there, uh, there just wasn't the cohesiveness. There wasn't the uh, confidence. Like mm -hmm. Connor, Connor's good at leading, but JP just brings, uh, you know, he's he's going to get fiery if something goes wrong, which you know probably one of the reasons why he got subbed off. Um, mm -hmm. 
having that yellow. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, I, I remind me to come back to the yellow. Uh, but when when he's out there, he's bringing that passion. He's bringing that just like, and, and at the same time, uh, just calm. He's he knows what he's doing. He's confident in what he's doing. Uh, he's done this. He understands Jay's style, and he's willing. Mm-hmm. He's leading, showing Jay's style because he started his first professional game was under Jay, right. and yeah. being able to to go through that. And our midfield is the least experienced uh, section we have, and having him there just, in my opinion, it's a huge boon. Um, I think. No, I think. Oh, sorry, Luke. I think no, no, no matter no. what the importance of having an experienced player who knows the style of play that the coach expects in the midfield is very like important and not only does jp have a good view of the offensive aspect but jay is very defensive my he has a very defensive mm-hmm. mindset and when you think about jp he's always running back he knows where to be and sometimes when he's not on that uh is lacking and it can hurt us well and yeah i think connor and jp really complement each other well too definitely with, with their skill sets and i think connor also because he's played with jp a full season and he knows what he's capable of i think he fully trusts jp and so connor connor can settle and play his game and and be the captain versus if somebody else is there he's more worried okay is that person going to be you know, if I push forward, is that person going to fall back and cover me? Where he knows JP is willing to do that. You know, right. where and and just as much when JP goes forward, we know Connor's willing to fall back. You know, well, hasn't JP been getting the armband when the couple times Connor has subbed off? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and I think that is telling enough there. But absolutely. Um, yeah. But fun fact: um, the before every game, there's the oh, how many of this thing is going to happen in the game? Lower or oh, higher? Yeah. Uh, and it was 3.5 yellow cards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anybody who chose the over, which was losing at the time I chose that, uh, was in a very good spot. And as Kyle's um, data dive said, uh, the first time in a game we've ever played or in the same season, where the same team has gotten red cards in multiple games against us. And I think the first time in the league, the same player has gotten red cards in multiple games against the same team. Uh, mm-hmm. Phelps getting a red card in both games we played against him so far. Uh, granted, double yellow, and I think the first one was also a double yellow. Yeah. But um, very physical. And I think that hurt us going later in the game having uh, the guys looked you could tell the guys that looked fatigued um it it was it was definitely showing towards the end Mm um not giving up giving up the the own goal sucked but it was so late though yeah uh almost giving up a, a third there with that amazing free kick that j- went just wide of the post. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to think Kevin would have stopped that if it had gone inside of the post, but I'm glad I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> I, you know, I think we were just talking about the substitutions in the midfield too. And I think up top, and I think th- that was where it looked like Tormenta wasn't down a man. And you see that, I mean, you know, we what we all watch a lot of different soccer too, but you see that in other leagues as well, where there's teams that get the substitutions wrong. And even if you're up a man, it looks like you are even. Um, and once those subs happened, JP was off, that stuff started happening. Tormenta never stopped pushing forward, even though they're, you know, they're at home and down a man. Of course, they're going to keep going for it. Um, and I, I think that for a lot, a lot, large period of those, 20-ish minutes that they were down a man um they looked comfortable and they looked like they actually were in control which is a little disconcerting when you know when you're up a guy and you've, you're up 3-1 at that point 
you know, and, and maybe that's part of it. We're up three one. We're up a man. Maybe we kind of we kind of held back a little bit, or guys started slacking a little bit. But there's just there's something from the first two seasons there that and I don't know if it's just the new guys or whatever that that killer instinct, especially from last season, just doesn't seem to be there right now. Of hey, it's three one instead of holding on and resting our laurels, being up three one on the road. Let's go get four or five, you know. And that that's the thing that we're missing right now is somebody who just wants to go and. JP was the guy that last weekend that wanted to go get more and it's okay. He needs to be subbed off. We can't push him. We got a lot of season left, but we we don't have guys that are coming in pushing for number four or number five. And that's what we need. What I would love to see. Sorry again. (laughs) What I would love to see is more than one person on the field pushing for that. I think that's where we get caught is you have one person who suddenly just has a spark and is like, let's go. And then there's nobody there to back them. And that's what you do as a team. If you see one person suddenly just buck up and go, even if you're tired, you got to be like, okay, I got to have this person's back, you know, and I, it's lacking right now. And I'd love to see it. Do you think this, I will ask this question because uh, back to my Manchester United team, um, that they're learning a new system at Manchester United. I know, but you like Eric Ten Hag, and and he's bringing his own system in, and you're going to see that, you know. And so, I guess my question would be: Is some of that still a lack of full knowledge of of Jay's system and what Jay's asking of these guys, or is it just a mindset thing? I think at this point of the season, it should be expected that you should know how the playing style is but then again with the amount of personnel that are new on the team it might be really hard to mesh into the playing style so honestly i have i have no clue but what i would think is by this time as professional team you should be cohesive in the coach's playing style expectation so to to that point who of the new players uh well i guess players in general have best adapted. Um, I'd say Dion for sure. Oh yeah. Well, I think Dion, I mean, from his highlights, that looked to be where his comfort level was anyway. I mean, a lot of his highlight packages, it, it was a higher pressing style. He liked to win the ball deep and move it forward. Um, I I think guy I know they haven't been scoring goals, but I think guys like Hugo and and Noe while they're not falling back as much as I'd like defensively, I think Greg and Evan did a really good job last year. Um, and Greg does it now for Phoenix when I've watched him of, I mean, sometimes Greg's in the defensive third for Phoenix, helping recover the ball. Those guys don't fall that far back, but I think the part that they both have adapted well to is the pressure when the ball, you know, the keepers trying to pass out of the back or the, their defenders are, they're really good at the pressing up and pushing there. Um, I think those two have adapted well. I think, Ryan Jiba has adapted well to the position he's been given, which is kind of the dummy position. Um, and I think he's probably more of an example of someone that's been coached up with the position he's at and not having been a defensive player and learning how to be a better defensive player. I don't think he's can be fully considered a fullback at this point, but he's he's come along. So I I agree with Ryan. Sorry, Luke. I agree with Ryan and uh, Ryan Jiba on that aspect because we've talked about it before. The development has been noticeable. Um, I'm also going to say I feel like Isaac has begun to mesh with uh, the playing style, Union Omaha playing style. And so that's very promising as well. And I mean, he's he has not played all season, so we still have a ways to go with development. And um, on that note, I also think that Noe has been a good addition up top. Uh, just the the mindset of always knowing or looking for the goal. And that's something that we've had in the past as well. Okay. Can I just point out that everybody that Camille and I have mentioned so far, we're in the starting lineup against Tormenta and we're not a bench player or someone that's substituted on. <laughs> just pointing that out. Right? Um, yes. I, I'll say <laughs> Noe, I think, has meshed better than Hugo. Yeah. Um, I I like them both up top. I don't necessarily like them both up top together. 
I think mm-hmm. we're missing. Uh, Kamal's been playing wing. Like we we need a a nine, and I'm hoping Ricky can step up there. Ricky didn't dress for either uh, SKC and didn't travel for Tormenta, so I'm hoping it's not an injury he picked up. Um, it's got to be. But, it's got to be fatigue. So I mean, the the travel well, with Nations League stuff and. He played quite a few minutes for them for Puerto Rico. Yeah, but I, I just I think Ricky coming off of that uh, national competition with a high uh, again just that boost there. Uh, if he did get injured there, I'm hoping that didn't slow him down because he he could be that guy when it all clicks. And throwing him up there with Noe or throwing him up there with Hugo mm-hmm. as that uh, no co nine position that four and a half, if you will. Um, but just getting that up there, somebody who who's able to just calmly read everything and, and get the ball on frame and, and just do that consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will say that Isaac, for sure, um, I, I believe it was, I, I don't know, I'm assuming it was visa issues at the beginning of the season. Um, but him coming in, uh, having missed a couple games already, the guys are starting to mesh. He misses out on a little bit of that chemistry, misses out on, on a few, um, weeks of Jay being able to coach him, but he's getting in there. Um, I think another month, another three games, uh, you know, practice everything. He's going to be an indispensable part of that back line. Um, he's already showing just a huge growth in the chemistry he has with the rest of the players. Um, Mm -hmm. And and excited to see how that goes. Yeah. Alex. Alex, I think, uh, granted him and Gabe have been, been swapped. I think Alex, if he can really figure out what, what's really working and what's not uh, for him. Cause there are some games where he looks like no offense to your fiance. Uh, he looks like the better defender. Um, but then there are games where he just looks lost. And if he can find that consistency and whether that's working with Dalton and just creating a better partnership there, uh, I th- think we'll have a defense that is comparable, if not better than the one we've had the past two seasons. To be fair with that, I think a lot of that side, I th- I think the left defensive line has been solid. We've seen the same people there. The performance of the other center defender depends on who else is out with them. Mm -hmm. So that's really hard to gauge because I think that we actually have two very talented and easily reversible people there, which is very promising for us. And I think gives us a little bit of comfort, but it, the performance just defend depends on that whole right side yeah. as just together. Well, I, I think the thing with Alex, we, we sometimes forget is while he played for Albuquerque in USL two, where it no. wasn't, he played, he played championship. No, I'm, I'm getting there. Oh yeah. So he played in USL two, which is most of his appearances at a professional level, even though two is still considered not professional. Right. It, I think Tormenta was like his 10th or 11th full professional game. He only had three appearances for New Mexico. So while we have a guy that appears to have a lot of appearances, he's really only played in that level 11 times or whatever versus, you know, Dalton, you know, had, had quite a few starts and it's his third season. And yeah, I I think that's with Gabe too. You know, we, we just have guys that are there that that's probably why Alex looks lost sometimes. It's because he's still learning the speed of the game at times. So hear me out on, on what I'd like to see from Gabe. I'd kind of like to see him at a six, like at that uh, central defensive mid. Because mm-hmm. I feel like he has the tenacity, he has the speed where, you know, put him in that. He, he's a good defender, but there, there are certain times where he's aggressive enough that him being the last man back worries me. Uh, but mm-hmm. put him into that, you know, defensive midfielder role where he's got that safety net behind him. That's not just Rashid or Kevin 
And I, I think that could be a position where he really flourishes. And, you know, granted, Jay spends a lot more time around him. I, I've only got, got uh, what we've seen on the field, but I, I can really see that out of like his personality and, and where he's at. Um, if, if that's something where we get a little bit more depth uh, as, you know, summer transfer windows open, um, I think we still have one or two more international slots that we could, we could fill. Um, Here, but here's the could... thing you brought up a number nine and we, I, I said at the start of the season in our preview pod, this is going to be a lot like 2020. And what did you get? I mean, I wasn't on the pod in 2020, but what did we talk about a lot on the program? What did you guys talk a lot about? We don't have a true out and out striker. We don't have a true number nine. Uh, I think well, no, can brought... get there. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why well, I brought Greg Hurston, right? <laughs> yeah. You, you bring Greg in, that finishes Evan. Mm-hmm. And then they both open up. That's where, you know, I think the initial thought of bringing in Ricky was having another, uh, having another already finished striker there. And I, again, I think Ricky can be there. Um, if he stays healthy and keeps his confidence up. I mean, we're, we're all, we all know what he can do. We saw that in Nations League. Like he's there. It just needs to convert to to club play. Um, getting as far as like versus twenty twenty, I think we had the potential for a nine that would have worked, and right now they're recovering from an ACL. Uh, the the little bit we saw Gio out there, he looked hungry enough. He looked like this was going to be his season. And then, of course, gets a season-ending injury. And it's like, all right, somebody really pissed off the soccer gods. <laughs> like, come on. Because uh, uh, it was great seeing him out there. He was on – he went down to Kansas City. He was out mm-hmm. there on crushes with a, with a full brace. You no, know, that – great seeing him out with the, the club. Um, but what I would have, I, I just would have loved to see where he was at and like his tenacity on the ball early in the season. He was that nine that was willing to to fight. He was willing to go back defend. Uh, getting that that first PK, uh, like selling that first PK that um, JP was able to take. Like those are that that's where we want to be. Like that's that that's the kind of player we we want and. He had a lot to prove after um, playing with, as I've referred to them, and I will continue to refer to them, the dog shit 2021 team of Loudon. Um, they're, <laughs> they're much better this year, but God, they were dog shit last year. <laughs> um, I, I think it, we're going to have a hard time replacing that, uh, especially with MLS Next being there, unless we look international and we're willing to spend a little. But we've already spent on Kamal, we spent on Giovanni. Uh, we have a lot of international spots filled to to take those positions and hopefully do that. And I'm not sure the team is team is going to sink there. Yeah, and I mean, I think what you just brought up, I mean, I think brings up a good point too. Of there's guys on this bench that we haven't seen a whole lot out of, and for whatever reason, whether it's practice or gameplay. Uh, Jay hasn't put the trust in them yet, um, you know, and I think that's that's the other side of it is I think Jay's found his 11 that he likes or maybe 12. I think I think Gabe and and Touche are kind of I, interchangeable. I think you can give him I think you can give him uh, you know, 13 because he does like Kamal out there for, for yeah. Dion. Um, I, I think still I'd prefer Dion out there over Kamal, but Kamal has a lot of flashes of really great play that have mm. been beneficial. His speed. Um, no, he's the only player on the team older than me. And by God, is he the fastest player out there? I, it, there, there's some, there's some definite benefits out there, but yeah, he, he very much has his 14 and he's looking at the rest of these guys. Is, we'll sub you on if somebody looks fatigued. What? And that's, you know, let's say 13, 13 or 14 out of 20 guys. You know, I mean, it's like that. 
but that's that's where it also reminds me of 2020 sometimes of we we had a handful of guys that it was kind of one of those i have to sub you on because i don't have anybody else to put on but not because i trust you type thing you know i i think five subs against tormenta was a lot of hey i've played you guys have played a lot of minutes this starting lineup and i need to get some other guys on to just rotate some guys out six subs yeah oh six yes with our concussion yeah. sub yes but yeah but it's it that's i think you know yoscar none of us had aspirations that yoscar was going to come in his first profession full professional season and tear it up i think he looks like a young player he's flashes of brilliance flashes of being a young player i think that he could be a great example of a guy you keep for several years and develop and turn into a different type of player and and sell on and up um hopefully especially now that he's getting you 20 appearances he's doing some of that stuff too um but you know i mean alex bruce how how many times have we seen him three uh and not i don't think any of them have been particularly memorable for good reasons anyway um you know i don't did jay bring him on because he thought he'd be the nine or did jay bring him on to fill a roster spot i i think he saw a lot of things that uh bruce could do and he brought him on because he thought he was coachable and i do think alex bruce has a lot of talent mm -hmm. um i i think he's willing to work for it um it, in a way but it's a not not personality per se but like there's an ideology difference mm -hmm. in the way jay's coaching in the way alex plays that i think because again i i don't think alex seems like the player who's coming in and saying i'm not willing to be coached i think there's just something like very different of how he's always played and relearning uh because it's not his first pro year he's played pro under yep. different coaches and so him coming in I think by the end of the season, if he's can, willing to continue to work on it and he's not uh, getting, uh, you know, torn down by not playing consistently, we could see him as a starter. We could see him light up the field, but it, it's going to take a, it's going to take work on his part. And I really hope he's willing to put it in. Yeah. And I always forget that he's only 23. <laughs> As far as, how, as far as how we're feeling about this Tormenta game and transitioning into the game Friday, what do you guys think is going to happen for a lineup? Do we think legs are going to be saved? Do we think it's going to be back to normal? Anything special to look forward to? Six days rest. Well, five days rest because one day was travel. Um. Weather's going to be mid 80s. It's going to have rained that morning, so humidity might be a factor. Uh, I I think if everybody's been able to get their rest, uh, nobody picks up knocks. I think we see as close to the optimal 11 that we'll get. Hey, I, got, um, I got two solid reasons to agree with you. Number one, we've already lost to this team. Jay's not going to want that to happen again. Number we, two, we didn't lose. Uh, the refs, uh, the refs made us forfeit. That's fair. Either way, the, either way, it was it counts as an L in the win loss <laughs> draw column. Yes. Um. Number two, the way that Charlotte responded from getting completely drubbed by by Chattanooga. I mean, Chattanooga set like three different records in that game. To then for them to turn around. It just kicked the crap out of forward. But where did they do that? At home, wasn't it? Yeah. Where yeah. they won all of their games. I, I get it. I'm just, I, I don't think, I think that those two reasons there are why Jay is not going to take this game lightly. He doesn't want to risk the chance of losing to this team again. We've already lost a home game this year, which is pretty rare for us. Um, We've lost to this team already, and this team's coming. They're coming in with a lot of confidence, just beating forward Madison six to two. But I, I think that Jay's going to come out, and 
this is pretty typical Jay by this point in the season. He's found he's found his guys that he trusts. He's found uh, he's found enough guys that he can put an eleven out there that he's going to trust. We only have you know what five defenders, four defenders technically, unless you count Amir as a defender, even though he's listed on the website as a midfielder. Um, well, are you counting Eddie as a defender? Because he's listed as a midfielder as well. So, but you know, I mean, based based on their position that they list them at in the roster, we have four true defenders. Um, I it's it's just one of those things we have to like. We have our eleven. He's going to put out there. I wouldn't be shocked if if Kamal starts for Dion instead or whatever it looks like. But it, it, either way. He always swaps those two at some point. I mean, if Dion's coming off, it's Kamal coming on and vice versa. I don't the only big thing I could see changing is what you said, Luke. If Ricky's healthy and we're back in Omaha, maybe he gets the chance to um he gets the chance to start instead of Hugo. Um and I do I think we saw that that team up working. We talked about that early on after the Des Moines match. Those guys don't they need somebody different next to them. It can't be Hugo and Noe. It has to be somebody else next to them. And I think that's why Jay brought in Alex, honestly. Alex is taller than all those other guys. He's he's six one. I, I don't know. He's he, like Noe's six. Like Noe's pretty tall. He's five eleven, like me. Why am I thinking Noe's taller? I don't like Every offensive player but Alex Bruce we signed this year is five foot ten or five foot eleven. Yeah, and it's fine. It's just we need another guy. So I gotta pull again because my computer decided it's gonna die soon. Okay. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> all right. So starting eleven. Um, here, here's what I would like to see out there. Um, Ricky up top if he's healthy. Noe up top. I, I really think those two can, can work well together. Um, and I want to see what Ricky can do after coming back from Nations League because mm-hmm. I, he, he proved something out there. He, what, tied for most goals in a single game in Nations League? Yep. Granted, that's a relatively recent competition, but a, an international record being set, that, that's something to be proud of. Yeah, it's it should never be uh, glossed over when a guy scores four goals in a single game. It doesn't matter who you're playing. That's that's a pretty impressive thing. Uh, midfield, Connor JP. Oh, that that's kind of where, like, I I like where our midfield's been at with those two in there. Mm-hmm. I think so long as you have those two, you can put anybody else in. Um, and since it's going to be a four-four-two because it's Jay, um, and if it's not a four-four-two, we're either losing the game, we're buckling down and throwing five in the back, or Jay's been abducted by aliens. Someone please call the FBI. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'd kind of like to see Yoskar get the start. I think he when he came on, he brought in a level of physicality that I haven't seen from him uh, against Tormenta. Uh, and he's been doing that more and more. He's willing to go into challenges where he he knows he like a year ago he would have been getting beat at, but he's he's making a lot of good plays there. Um, I, I'd like like to see that more. And yeah, I. Going back to Yoscar for a second, yeah. I think what you're, well, I think what we're seeing is a young guy that's been playing against grown men, week in and week out with on on the practice field, and he's learned it's not going to hurt as bad as I think it's going to when these guys <laughs> knock it. I mean, really, it's it's like when I played high school football, you know, and as a freshman, and they have us go scrimmage against the JV team, and it's a bunch of sophomores and juniors playing, and guys. And the first couple of times you get hit, you're like, oh, God, this is going to suck. And eventually you're like, oh, it hurts as much as any other time. And I think that's the same thing with Yoscar. I think he he knew what to expect at a certain level. But these guys, he walks in and he sees a guy like Dion walk up to him, who's freaking 
abs abs Acuff, and I'm sure it's <laughs> a little intimidating, you know. And Alex and Dalton are tall guys, you know. I mean, you got big big guys that have played a lot of soccer, and I think that's I think that's benefited Yoscar, and that's why we see that physicality. He's not afraid to mix it up because if he's going against these guys all the time. What difference does it make when he sees guys from Tormenta? Phelps doesn't scare you when you're going against Connor Doyle and J.P. Skears in practice. I mean, the only person who probably should uh, should scare you at this point is Schoenfeld. True. Uh, but he'll uh, get a red card and be gone anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, and we'll beat him 6-1. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, we have to switch up teams we score 6-1 against. <laughs> um, defense, I, I think we've already covered that. Um, Ryan, uh, I'd like to see Alex in there, Dalton and Isaac. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gabe, very, like, very comfortable with him coming in. Um, if, you know, Isaac had a, a tough, tough uh, bat after the last two, um, I could see, I wouldn't mind seeing um, Gabe out there either. Like, I think he can. He's pretty versatile in the back. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't throw him in for Ryan, but you know, other than that, I, I'm comfortable enough with him, him being out there. And I'd like to see Rashid back in goal. Um, if not, Kevin, do your thing. Like, <laughs> I, really, at this point, uh, I'm comfortable enough with our defense that, and the two guys back there have just made some amazing saves. They're, they're Kevin getting a few more minutes uh, in to you know boost his confidence on the back or leading the back line could be great, but you know having Rashid out there always you know makes me feel a little comfortable. I mean, I I think the eleven we saw against Tormenta outside of Rashid back in goal, it it would not shock me if that same eleven gets trotted out. I okay. I you know I mean I think Jay's finding those guys that are gelling pretty well together. Um, for whatever reason, he likes the Hugo Noe team up, whether it's because he has to or it's he likes the combination. There's something he's seeing there that we're not, whether it's in practice or whatever. Um, I I just I mean the only other thing I could see, like I said earlier, is if Ricky's healthy and he can play, I wouldn't mind seeing him and Noe teaming up up top. But that eleven against Tormenta is. It's probably our best ele- one of our best 11s that we have, for, especially for outfield players. All right. Uh, Camille, can I ask you a question? Wait, hang on. Yeah. Are you standing right now, Camille? Yeah, I have a standing desk and a treadmill for my home office. I feel Wait, so are lazy. You, are you, like, doing your cardio while podcasting? Like, are no, you, are you? it would be really loud. <laughs> uh, I, I was just going to say, like, are you, like, seriously upping your game? Like, are you bringing podcasting to a different level, like, doing it while on a treadmill? Like, no, I, if it wasn't so loud, I would be, yes. <laughs> she, she's balancing us out, Luke. She's, like, <laughs> she's doing the standing. We'll do all the sitting. It's fine. Yeah. So I, I just realized, I, I'm I, like, I think you're real standing right now. Yep. I, I, I did my walk earlier today to get coffee, and that that's about it. I, I'm not going to the gym tonight. But, Very good. All right. Score predictions. Three two. Us. Okay. Two one Omaha. I'm gonna say two nil. Who? Um I like two, two nil us. Us. The good okay. guys. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just making sure. I I really have confidence in our defense at this point. Um, I'd love to see a shutout. Yeah, like I, I feel like we've had too few of those. I'd like to get our, see our goal difference go up. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we'll, we still, we'll see how it goes. And uh, do we still have I two games in hand? Uh, one or two. I mean, that, I think it may just be one. The, here's the thing: I had a friend text me um, during the after the Sporting Kansas City match, obviously pissed about how that game went but he said at least now we can focus on the league with two games in hand and it's one of those things that when we catch back up if those two games in hand are six points it's going to shoot us straight up the table um 
even that win against Tormenta really, I mean, it got us right back into that top six, didn't it? Yeah. Brought us from, what was that, ninth to sixth? Yeah. So, I mean. And three points from first. Yeah. And that's, that's you start looking forward, right? We have Charlotte, uh, then North Carolina, uh, Tucson, and then it's back to, you know, it's at Greenville. So, I mean, the next three matches are definitely matches we could yeah. win and teams we should be able to play well against. Going And then going into Greenville with confidence. You know, you go into Greenville with 12 straight points, if you include the last match, that, that has to fill you with confidence going into that game. And yeah. having a little bit of that, I think there's that revenge factor that we can't get with sporting mm-hmm. because we can't play them again unless it's in the Open Cup next year, that, okay, you came to our place and beat us, we're going to come to your place. And that's the crazy part about that Greenville series. Except for the final, we don't typically – you know, neither team plays well against the other one at home. All right. Um, fireworks after the match on Friday, I believe. Yep. Uh, so if you have – Pups out near there, keep them locked up on leashes. Uh, if you are not fond of fireworks, make sure you get out before things start exploding in the sky, but probably not your weekend <laughs> anyway. Um, we've, yeah, uh, starting to get more into a home cadence. Uh, that'll be nice to see. But other than that, I just have uh, one question left for you guys. Who gives a hoot? We, we do. do.